Hey everyone, it's me, DB Spitzer. I'm just uh, here, hoping you're all doing well, staying safe, keeping your mouths covered, keeping uh, keeping the, trying to keep the curve down instead of like straight in the other axis. You know, it's a good thing to uh, keep you inside and keep you occupied. Bunnyslippers.com. Oh my goodness, why would you want to go outside? There's so many different animals' novelty slippers that you can wear. I'm not making light of everything that's going on outside, but damn it, look at those slippers. They are nice. And, um, bunnyslippers.com. They're damn nice. No, uh, check out their Highland Cow slippers. They're shaggy bowls that look really cool. And I, I have to say, they're really nice and really nice and warm. And they've got so many other things. They've got, uh, like, different things that you can put on your feet of things that you like. Bunnyslippers.com and FoundItemClothing.com, too. Great company. Uh, works in conjunction with Bunnyslippers.com to give you uh, some of the best 80s outfits that you can find on the internet. Just, just like Chris Knight from Real Genius, Val Kilmer's character. I've got the Revenge of the Nerd shirts that I love. Am I wearing one right now? No, I'm actually wearing an official uh, PGTTCM shirt that you can find at the store show, or uh, um, uh, show shop, at the show shop, the show store. Uh, you can, it's a direct link to our t-shirts that you can uh, buy to help support the show. Also, t-shirts for Articulate Warbling, new one coming up soon, and a uh, new episode coming up soon, new t-shirt coming up soon new t-shirts for uh new episodes for dave's underground goat shenanigans and new t-shirts already up i'm always coming up with new t-shirts idea and thank you so much for supporting the show by buying my t-shirts and founditemclothing.com's t-shirts and bunnyslippers.com and you know what we're probably going to have some new sponsors in august as the show grows and grows thank you all new listeners New listeners, we uh, kick past the 2,000 mark in uh, followers officially on Podbean. We're still somewhere in the 30K daily listeners. Thank you so much for sharing and telling people about us. If you want to follow us, we are People's Cthulhu Podcast, Black Clock Audio Tales, everywhere else. Kind of poking around on Twitter here and there, mostly on Instagram, doing Facebook, always do facebook because it's on my phone and yeah so help the show check out the other shows i produce and here's some algernon blackwood day and night stories by algernon blackwood story one the tryst je suis la première au rendezvous je vous attends as he got out of the train at the little wayside station he remembered the conversation as if it had been yesterday instead of fifteen years ago and his heart went thumping against his ribs so violently that he almost heard it the original thrill came over him again with all its infinite yearning he felt it as he had felt it then not with that tragic lessening the interval had brought to each repetition of its memory here in the familiar scenery of its birth he realized with mingled pain and wonder that the subsequent years had not destroyed but only dimmed it the forgotten rapture flamed back with all the fierce beauty of its genesis desire at white heat 
and the shock of the abrupt discovery shattered time fifteen years became a negligible moment the crowded experiences that had intervened seemed but a dream the farewell scene the conversation on the steamer's deck were clear as of the day before he saw the hand holding her big hat that fluttered in the wind saw the flowers on the dress where the long coat was blown open a moment recalled the face of a hurrying steward who had jostled them he even heard the voices his own and hers yes she said simply i promise you you have my word i'll wait till i come back to find you he interrupted steadfastly she repeated his actual words then added here at home that is i'll come to the garden gate as usual he told her trying to smile i'll knock you'll open the gate as usual and come out to me these words too she attempted to repeat but her voice failed her eyes filled suddenly with tears she looked into his face and nodded it was just then that her little hand went up to hold the hat on he saw the very gesture still he remembered that he was vehemently tempted to tear his ticket up there and then to go ashore with her to stay in england to brave all opposition when the siren roared its third horrible warning and the ship put out to sea fifteen years thick with various incident had passed between them since that moment his life had risen fallen crashed then risen again he had come back at last fortune won by a lucky coup at thirty-five had come back to find her come back above all to keep his word once every three months they had exchanged the brief letter agreed upon i am well i am waiting i am happy i am unmarried yours for his youthful wisdom had insisted that no man had the right to keep any woman too long waiting and she thinking that letter brave and splendid had insisted likewise that he was free if freedom called him they had laughed over this last phrase in their agreement they put five years as the possible limit of separation by then he would have won success and obstinate parents would have nothing more to say but when the five years ended he was on his uppers in a western mining town and with the end of ten in sight those uppers though changed were little better apparently than patched and mended and it was just then too that the change which had been stealing over him betrayed itself he realized it abruptly a sense of shame and horror in him the discovery was made unconsciously it disclosed itself he was reading her letter as a laborer on a californian fruit farm funny she doesn't marry someone else he heard himself say the words were out before he knew it and certainly before he could suppress them they had slipped out startling him into the truth and he knew instantly that the thought was fathered in him by a sudden wish he was older he had lived it was a memory he loved despising himself in a contradictory fashion both vaguely and fiercely he yet held true to his boyhood's promise he did not write and offer to release her as he knew they did in stories he persuaded himself that he meant to keep his word there was this fine stupid selfish obstinacy in his character 
in any case she would misunderstand and think he wanted to set free himself besides i'm still awfully fond of her he asserted and it was true only the love it seemed had gone its way not that another woman took it he kept himself clean held firm as steel the love apparently just faded of its own accord her image dimmed her letters ceased to thrill then ceased to interest him subsequent reflection made him realize other details about himself in the interval he had suffered hardships had learned the uncertainty of life that depends for its continuance on a little food but that food often hard to come by and had seen so many others go under that he held it more cheaply than of old the wandering instinct too had caught him slowly killing the domestic impulse he lost his desire for a settled place of abode the desire for children of his own lost the desire to marry at all also he reminded himself with a smile he had lost other things the expression of youth she was accustomed to and held always in her thoughts of him two fingers of one hand his hair he wore glasses too the gentleman adventurers of life get scarred in those wild places where he lived he saw himself a rather battered specimen well on the way to middle age there was confusion in his mind however and in his heart a struggling complex of emotions that made it difficult to know exactly what he did feel the dominant clue concealed itself feelings shifted a single clear determinant did not offer he was an honest fellow i can't quite make it out he said what is it i really feel and why his motive seemed confused to keep the flame alight for ten long buffeting years was no small achievement better men had succumbed in half the time yet something in him still held fast to the girl as with a band of steel that would not let her go entirely occasionally there came strong reversions when he ached with longing yearning hope when he loved her again remembered passionately each detail of the far-off courtship days in the forbidden rectory garden beyond the small white garden gate or was it merely the image and the memory he loved again he hardly knew himself he could not tell that again puzzled him it was the wrong word surely he still wrote the promised letter however it was so easy those short sentences could not betray the dead or dying fires one day besides he would return and claim her he meant to keep his word and he had kept it here he was this calm september afternoon within three miles of the village where he first had kissed her where the marvel of first love had come to both three short miles between him and the little white garden gate of which at this very moment she was intently thinking and behind which some fifty minutes later she would be standing waiting for him he had purposely left the train at an earlier station he would walk over in the dusk climb the familiar steps knock at the white gate in the wall as of old utter the promised words i have come back to find you enter and keep his word he had written from mexico a week before he sailed he had made careful even accurate calculations in the dusk 
on the sixteenth of september i shall come and knock he added to the usual sentences the knowledge of his coming therefore had been in her possession seven days just before sailing moreover he had heard from her though not in answer naturally she was well she was happy she was unmarried she was waiting and now as by some magical process of restoration possible to deep hearts only perhaps though even by them quite inexplicable the state of first love had blazed up again in him in all its radiant beauty it lit his heart burned unextinguished in his soul set body and mind on fire the years had merely veiled it it burst upon him captured overwhelmed him with the suddenness of a dream he stepped from the train he met it in the face it took him prisoner the familiar trees and hedges the unchanged countryside the field smells known in infancy all these with something subtly added to them rolled back the passion of his youth upon him in a flood no longer was he bound upon what he deemed perhaps an act of honourable duty it was love that drove him as it drove him fifteen years before and it drove him with the accumulated passion of desire long forcibly repressed almost as if out of some fancied notion of fairness to the girl he had deliberately yet still unconsciously said no to it that she had not faded but that he had decided i must forget her that sentence why doesn't she marry someone else had not betrayed change in himself it surprised another motive it's not fair to her his mind worked with a curious rapidity but worked within one circle only the stress of sudden emotion was extraordinary he remembered a thousand things yet chief among them those occasional reversions when he had felt he loved her again had he not after all deceived himself had she ever really faded at all had he not felt he ought to let her fade release her that way and the change in himself that sentence on the californian fruit farm what did they mean which had been true the fading or the love the confusion in his mind was hopeless but as a matter of fact he did not think at all he only felt the momentum besides was irresistible and before the shattering onset of the sweet revival he did not stop to analyze the strange result he knew certain things and cared to know no others that his heart was leaping his blood running with the heat of twenty that joy recaptured him that he must see here touch her hold her in his arms and marry her for the fifteen years had crumbled to a little thing and at thirty-five he felt himself but twenty rapturously deliciously in love he went quickly eagerly down the little street to the inn still feeling only not thinking anything the vehement uprush of the old emotion made reflection of any kind impossible he gave no further thought to those long years out there when her name her letters the very image of her in his mind had found him if not cold at least without keen response all that was forgotten as though it had not been 
the steadfast thing in him this strong holding to a promise which had never wilted ousted the recollection of fading and decay that whatever caused them certainly had existed and this steadfast thing now took command this enduring quality in his character led him it was only towards the end of the hurried tea he first perceived the singular impression vague indeed but undeniably persistent the strange impression that he was being led yet though aware of this he did not pause to argue or reflect the emotional displacement in him of course had been more than considerable there had been upheaval a change whose abruptness was even dislocating fundamental in a sense he could not estimate shock yet he took no account of anything but the one mastering desire to get to her as soon as possible knock at the small white garden gate hear her answering voice see the low wooden door swing open take her there was joy and glory in his heart and a yearning sweet delight at this very moment she was expecting him and he had come behind these positive emotions however there lay concealed all the time others that were of a negative character consciously he was not aware of them but they were there they revealed their presence in various little ways that puzzled him he recognized them absent-mindedly as it were did not analyze or investigate them for through the confusion upon his faculties rose also a certain hint of insincerity that betrayed itself by a slight hesitancy or miscalculation in one or two unimportant actions there was a touch of melancholy too a sense of something lost it lay perhaps in the tinge of sadness which accompanies the twilight of an autumn day when a gentler mournful beauty veils a greater beauty that is past some trick of memory connected it with a scene of early boyhood when meaning to see the sunrise he overslept and by a brief half-hour was just too late he noted it merely then passed on he did not understand it he hurried all the more this hurry the only sign that it was noted i must be quick flashed up across his strongly positive emotions and due to this hurry possibly were the slight miscalculations that he made they were very trivial he rang for sugar though the bowl stood just before his eyes yet when the girl came in he forgot completely what he rang for and inquired instead about the evening trains to london and when the timetable was laid before him he examined it without intelligence then looked up suddenly into the maid's face with a question about flowers were there flowers to be had in the village anywhere what kind of flowers oh a bouquet or a he hesitated searching for a word that tried to present itself yet was not the word he wanted to make use of or a wreath of some sort he finished he took the very word he did not want to take in several things he did and said this hesitancy and miscalculation betrayed themselves such trivial things yet significant in an elusive way that he disliked there was sadness insecurity somewhere in them 
and he resented them aware of their existence only because they qualified his joy there was a whispered no floating somewhere in the dusk almost he felt disquiet he hurried more and more eager to be off upon his journey the final part of it moreover there were other signs of odd miscalculation dislocation perhaps properly speaking in him though the inn was familiar from his boyhood days kept by the same old couple too he volunteered no information about himself nor asked a single question about the village he was bound for he did not even inquire if the rector her father still were living and when he left he entirely neglected the gilt-framed mirror above the mantelpiece of plush dusty pampas grass in waterless vases on either side it did not matter apparently whether he looked well or ill tidy or untidy he forgot that when his cap was off the absence of thick accustomed hair must alter him considerably forgot also that two fingers were missing from one hand the right hand the hand that she would presently clasp nor did it occur to him that he wore glasses which must change his expression and add to the appearance of the years he bore none of these obvious and natural things seemed to come into his thoughts at all he was in a hurry to be off he did not think but though his mind may not have noted these slight betrayals with actual sentences his attitude nevertheless expressed them this was it seemed the feeling in him what could such details matter to her now why indeed should he give to them a single thought it was himself she loved and waited for not separate items of his external physical image as well think the fact that she too must have altered outwardly it never once occurred to him such details were of to-day he was only impatient to come to her quickly very quickly instantly if possible he hurried there was a flood of boyhood's joy in him he paid for his tea giving a tip that was twice the price of the meal and set out gaily and impetuously along the winding lane charged to the brim with a sweet picture of a small white garden gate the loved face close behind it he went forward at a headlong pace singing nancy lee as he used to sing it fifteen years before with action then the negative sensations hid themselves obliterated by the positive ones that took command the former however merely lay concealed they waited thus perhaps does vital emotion overlong restrained denied indeed of its blossoming altogether take revenge repressed elements in his psychic life asserted themselves selecting as though naturally a dramatic form the dusk fell rapidly mist rose in floating strips along the meadows by the stream the old familiar details beckoned him forwards then drove him from behind as he went swiftly past them he recognized others rising through the thickening air beyond they nodded peered and whispered sometimes they almost sang and each added to his inner happiness each brought its sweet and precious contribution and built it into the reconstructed picture of the earlier long-forgotten rapture 
it was an enticing and enchanted journey that he made something impossibly blissful in it something too that seemed curiously inevitable for the scenery had not altered all these years the details of the country were unchanged everything he saw was rich with dear and precious association increasing the momentum of the tide that carried him along yonder was the stile over whose broken step he had helped her yesterday and there the slippery plank across the stream where she looked above her shoulder to ask for his support he saw the very bramble bushes where she scratched her hand a blackberrying the day before and finally the weather-stained signpost to the rectory it pointed to the path through the dangerous field where farmer sparrow's bull provided such a sweet excuse for holding leading protecting her from the entire landscape rose a steam of recent memory each incident alive each little detail brimmed with its cargo of fond association he read the rough black lettering on the crooked arm it was rather faded but he knew it too well to miss a single letter and hurried forward along the muddy track he looked about him for a sign of farmer sparrow's bull he even felt in the misty air for the little hand that he might take and lead her into safety the thought of her drew him on with such irresistible anticipation that it seemed as if the cumulative drive of vanished and unsated years evoked the tangible phantom almost he actually felt it soft and warm and clinging in his own that was no longer incomplete and mutilated yet it was not he who led and guided now but more and more he who was being led the hint had first betrayed its presence at the inn it now openly declared itself it had crossed the frontier into a positive sensation its growth swiftly increasing all this time had accomplished itself he had ignored somehow both its genesis and quick development the result he plainly recognized she was expecting him indeed but it was more than expectation there was calling in it she summoned him her thought and longing reached him along that old invisible track love builds so easily between true faithful hearts all the forces of her being her very voice came towards him through the deepening autumn twilight he had not noticed the curious physical restoration in his hand but he was vividly aware of this more magical alteration that she led and guided him drawing him ever more swiftly towards the little white garden gate where she stood at this very moment waiting her sweet strength compelled him there was this new touch of something irresistible about the familiar journey where formerly had been delicious yielding only shy tentative advance he realized it inevitable his footsteps hurried faster and ever faster so deep was the allurement in his blood he almost ran he reached the narrow winding lane and raced along it he knew each bend each angle of the holly hedge each separate incident of ditch and stone he could have plunged blindfold down it at top speed the familiar perfumes rushed at him 
dead leaves and mossy earth and ferns and dock leaves bringing the bewildering currents of strong emotion in him altogether as in a rising wave he saw then the crumbling wall the cedars topping it with spreading branches the chimney of the rectory on his right bulked the outline of the old grey church the twisted ancient yews the company of gravestones upright and leaning dotting the ground like listening figures but he looked at none of these for on his left he already saw the five rough steps of stone that led from the lane towards a small white garden gate that gate at last shone before him rising through the misty air he reached it he stopped dead a moment his heart it seemed stopped too then took to violent hammering in his brain there was a roaring in his mind and yet a marvellous silence just behind it then the roar of emotion died away there was utter stillness this stillness silence was all about him the world seemed preternaturally quiet but the pause was too brief to measure for the tide of emotion had receded only to come on again with redoubled power he turned leaped forward clambered impetuously up the rough stone steps and flung himself breathless and exhausted against the trivial barrier that stood between his eyes and hers in his wild half-violent impatience however he stumbled that roaring too confused him he fell forward it seemed for twilight had merged in darkness and he misjudged the steps the distance he yet knew so well for a moment certainly he lay at full length upon the uneven ground against the wall the steps had tripped him and then he raised himself and knocked his right hand struck upon the small white garden gate upon the two lost fingers he felt the impact i am here he cried with a deep sound in his throat as though utterance was choked and difficult i have come back to find you for a fraction of a second he waited while the world stood still and waited with him but there was no delay her answer came at once i am well i am happy i am waiting and the voice was dear and marvellous as of old though the words were strange reminding him of something dreamed forgotten lost it seemed he did not take special note of them he only wondered that she did not open instantly that he might see her speech could follow but sight came surely first there was this lightning flash of disappointment in him ah she was lengthening out the marvellous moment as often and often she had done before it was to tease him that she made him wait he knocked again he pushed against the unyielding surface for he noticed that it was unyielding and there was a depth in the tender voice that he could not understand open he cried again but louder than before i have come back to find you and as he said it the mist struck cold and thick against his face but her answer froze his blood i cannot open and a sudden anguish of despair rose over him the sound of her voice was strange in it was faintness distance as well as depth it seemed to echo 
something frantic seized him then the panic sense open open come out to me he tried to shout his voice failed oddly there was no power in it something appalling struck him between the eyes for god's sake open i'm waiting here open and come out to me the reply was muffled by distance that already seemed increasing he was conscious of freezing cold about him in his heart i cannot open you must come in to me i'm here and waiting always he knew not exactly then what happened for the cold grew deeper and the icy mist was in his throat no words would come he rose to his knees and from his knees to his feet he stooped with all his force he knocked again in a blind frenzy of despair he hammered and beat against the unyielding barrier of the small white garden gate he battered it till the skin of his knuckles was torn and bleeding the first two fingers of a hand already mutilated he remembers the torn and broken skin for he noticed in the gloom that stains upon the gate bore witness to his violence it was not till afterwards that he remembered the other fact that the hand had already suffered mutilation long long years ago the power of sound was feebly in him he called aloud there was no answer he tried to scream but the scream was muffled in his throat before it issued properly it was a nightmare scream as a last resort he flung himself bodily upon the unyielding gate with such precipitate violence moreover that his face struck against its surface from the friction then along the whole length of his cheek he knew that the surface was not smooth cold and rough that surface was but also it was not of wood moreover there was writing on it he had not seen before how he deciphered it in the gloom he never knew the lettering was deeply cut perhaps he traced it with his fingers his right hand certainly lay stretched upon it he made out a name a date a broken verse from the bible and the words died peacefully the lettering was sharply cut with edges that were new for the date was of a week ago the broken verse ran when the shadows flee away and the small white garden gate was unyielding because it was of stone at the end he found himself staring at a table from which the tea-things had not been cleared away there was a railway timetable in his hands and his head was bent forwards over it trying to decipher the lettering in the growing twilight beside him still fingering a shilling stood the serving girl her other hand held a brown tray with a running dog painted upon its dented surface it swung to and fro a little as she spoke evidently continuing a conversation her customer had begun for she was giving information in the colourless disinterested voice such persons use we all went to the funeral sir all the country people went the grave was her father's the family grave then seeing that her customer was too absorbed in the timetable to listen further she said no more but began to pile the tea-things onto the tray with noisy clatter 
ten minutes later in the road he stood hesitating the signal at the station just opposite was already down the autumn mist was rising he looked along the winding road that melted away into the distance then slowly turned and reached the platform just as the london train came in he felt very old too old to walk six miles end of story one story two the touch of pan one an idiot heber understood was a person in whom intelligence had been arrested instinct acted but not reason a lunatic on the other hand was someone whose reason had gone awry the mechanism of the brain was injured the lunatic was out of relation with his environment the idiot had merely been delayed en route be that as it might he knew at any rate that a lunatic was not to be listened to whereas an idiot well the one he fell in love with certainly had the secret of some instinctual knowledge that was not only joy but a kind of sheer natural joy probably it was that sheer natural joy of living that reason argues to be untaught degraded in any case at thirty he married her instead of the daughter of a duchess he was engaged to they lead to-day that happy natural vagabond life called idiotic unmindful of that world the majority of reasonable people live only to remember though born into an artificial social clique that made it difficult heber had always loved the simple things nature especially meant much to him he would rather see a woodland misty with bluebells than all the chateaux on the loire the thought of a mountain valley in the dawn made his feet lonely in the grandest houses yet in these very houses was his home established not that he underestimated worldly things their value was too obvious but that it was another thing he wanted only he did not know precisely what he wanted until this particular idiot made it plain her case was a mild one possibly the title bestowed by implication rather than specific mention her family did not say that she was imbecile or half-witted but that she was not all there they probably did say perhaps she saw men as trees walking perhaps she saw through a glass darkly heber who had met her once or twice though never yet to speak to did not analyze her degree of sight for in him personally she woke a secret joy and wonder that almost involved a touch of awe the part of her that was not all there dwelt in an elsewhere that he longed to know about he wanted to share it with her she seemed aware of certain happy and desirable things that reason and too much thinking hide he just felt this instinctively without analysis the values they set upon the prizes of life were similar money to her was just stamped metal fame a loud noise of sorts position nothing of people she was aware as a dog or bird might be aware they were kind or unkind her parents having collected much metal and achieved position proceeded to make a loud noise of sorts with some success 
and since she did not contribute either by her appearance or her tastes to their ambitions they neglected her and made excuses they were ashamed of her existence her father in particular justified nietzsche's shrewd remark that no one with a loud voice can listen to subtle thoughts she was perhaps sixteen for though she looked it eighteen or nineteen was probably more in accord with her birth certificate her mother was content however that she should dress the lesser age preferring to tell strangers that she was childish rather than admit that she was backward you'll never marry at all child much less marry as you might she said if you go about with that rabid expression on your face that's not the way to catch a nice young man of the sort we get down to stay with us now many a chorus girl with less than you've got has caught them easily enough your sister's done well why not do the same there's nothing to be shy or frightened about but i'm not shy or frightened mother i'm bored i mean they bore me it made no difference to the girl she was herself the bored expression in the eyes the rabbit not all their expression gave place sometimes to another look yet not often nor with anybody it was this other look that stirred the strange joy in the man who fell in love with her it is not to be easily described it was very wonderful whether sixteen or nineteen she then looked a thousand the house-party was of that up-to-date kind prevalent in heber's world husbands and wives were not asked together there was a cynical disregard of the decent not the stupid conventions that savoured of abandon perhaps of decadence he only went himself in the hope of seeing the backward daughter once again her millionaire parents afflicted him the smart folk tired him their peculiar affectation of a special language their strange belief that they were of importance their treatment of the servants their calculated self-indulgence all jarred upon him more than usual at bottom he heartily despised the whole vapid set he felt uncomfortable and out of place though not a prig he abhorred the way these folk believed themselves the climax of fine living their open immorality disgusted him their indiscriminate love-making was merely rather nasty he watched the very girl he was at last to settle down with behaving as the tone of the clique expected over her final fling and bored by the strain of so much modernity he tried to get away tea was long over the sunset interval invited he felt hungry for trees and fields that were not self-conscious and he escaped the flaming june day was turning chill dusk hovered over the ancient house veiling the pretentious new wing that had been added and he came across the idiot girl at the bend of the drive where the birch trees shivered in the evening wind his heart gave a leap she was leaning against one of the dreadful statues it was a satyr that sprinkled the lawn her back was to him she gazed at a group of broken pine trees in the park beyond he paused an instant then went on quickly while his mind scurried to recall her name they were within easy speaking range miss elizabeth he cried yet not too loudly lest she might vanish as suddenly as she had appeared she turned at once her eyes and lips were smiling welcome at him without pretence 
She showed no surprise. "'You're the first one of the lot who said it properly,' she exclaimed, as he came up. "'Everybody calls me Elizabeth instead of Elspeth. It's idiotic. They don't even take the trouble to get a name right.' "'It is,' he agreed, "'quite idiotic.' He did not correct her. Possibly he had said Elspeth, after all. The names were similar. Her perfectly natural voice was grateful to his ear and soothing. He looked at her all over with an open admiration that she noticed, and without concealment, liked. She was very untidy, the grey stockings on her vigorous legs were torn, her short skirt was splattered with mud. Her nut-brown hair, glossy and plentiful, flew loose about neck and shoulders. In place of the usual belt she had tied a coloured handkerchief round her waist. She wore no hat. What she had been doing to get in such a state, while her parents entertained a distinguished party, he did not know, but it was not difficult to guess. Climbing trees or riding bareback and astride was probably the truth. Yet her dishevelled state became her well, and the welcome in her face delighted him. She remembered him. She was glad. He too was glad, and a sense both happy and reckless stirred in his heart. Like a wild animal, he said, you come out in the dusk. To play with my kind, she answered in a flash, throwing him a glance of invitation that made his blood go dancing. He leaned against the statue a moment, asking himself why this young Cinderella of a parvenu family delighted him when all the London beauties left him cold. There was a lift through his whole being as he watched her, slim and supple, grace shining through the untidy modern garb, almost as though she wore no clothes. He thought of a panther standing upright. Her poise was so alert one arm upon the marble ledge, one leg bent across the other, the hip-line showing like a bird's curving wing. Wild animal or bird flashed across his mind, something untamed and natural. Another second and she might leap away, or spring into his arms. It was a deep, stirring sensation in him that produced the mental picture. Pure and natural, a voice whispered with it in his heart as surely as they are just the other thing. And the thrill struck with unerring aim at the very root of that unrest he had always known in the state of life to which he was called. She made it natural, clean, and pure. This girl and himself were somehow kin. The primitive thing broke loose in him. In two seconds, while he stood with her beside the vulgar statue, these thoughts passed through his mind, but he did not at first give utterance to any of them. He spoke more formally, although laughter, due to his happiness, lay behind. They haven't asked you to the party, then? Or you don't care about it? Which is it? Both, she said, looking fearlessly into his face. But I've been here ten minutes already. Why were you so long? This outspoken honesty was hardly what he expected, yet in another sense he was not surprised. Her eyes were very penetrating, very innocent, very frank. He felt her as clean and sweet as some young fawn that asks plainly to be stroked and fondled. He told the truth. I couldn't get away before. I had to play about, and— When she interrupted with impatience, 
they don't really want you she exclaimed scornfully i do and before he could choose one out of the several answers that rushed into his mind she nudged him with her foot holding it out a little so that he saw the shoelace was unfastened she nodded her head towards it and pulled her skirt up half an inch as he at once stooped down and anyhow she went on as he fumbled with the lace touching her ankle with his hand you're going to marry one of them i read it in the paper it's idiotic you'll be miserable the blood rushed to his head but whether owing to his stooping or to something else he could not say i only came i only accepted he said quickly because i wanted to see you again of course i made mother ask you he did an impulsive thing kneeling as he was he bent his head a little lower and suddenly kissed the soft grey stocking then stood up and looked her in the face she was laughing happily no sign of embarrassment in her anywhere no trace of outraged modesty she just looked very pleased i've tied a knot that won't come undone in a hurry he began then stopped dead for as he said it gazing into her smiling face another expression looked forth at him from the two big eyes of hazel something rushed from his heart to meet it it may have been that playful kiss it may have been the way she took it but at any rate there was a strength in the new emotion that made him unsure of who he was and whom he looked at he forgot the place the time his own identity and hers the lawn swept from beneath his feet the english sunset with it he forgot his host and hostess his fellow guests even his father's name and his own into the bargain he was carried away upon a great tide the girl always beside him he left the shoreline in the distance already half forgotten the shoreline of his education learning manners social point of view everything to which his father had most carefully brought him up as a scion of an old established english family this girl had torn up the anchor only the anchor had previously been loosened a little by his own unconscious and restless efforts where was she taking him to upon what island would they land i'm younger than you a good deal she broke in upon his rushing mood but that doesn't matter a bit does it we're about the same age really with the happy sound of her voice the extraordinary sensation passed or rather it became normal but that it had lasted an appreciable time was proved by the fact that they had left the statue on the lawn the house was no longer visible behind them and they were walking side by side between the massive rhododendron clumps they brought up against a five-barred gate into the park they leaned upon the topmost bar and he felt her shoulder touching his edging into it as they looked across to the grove of pines i feel absurdly young he said without a sign of affectation and yet i've been looking for you a thousand years and more the afterglow lit up her face it fell on her loose hair and tumbled blouse turning them amber she looked not only soft and comely but extraordinarily beautiful the strange expression haunted the deep eyes again the lips were a little parted the young breast heaving slightly joy and excitement in her whole presentment 
and as he watched her he knew that all he had just felt was due to her close presence to her atmosphere her perfume her physical warmth and vigour it had emanated directly from her being of course she said and laughed so that he felt her breath upon his face he bent lower to bring his own on a level gazing straight into her eyes that were fixed upon the field beyond they were clear and luminous as pools of water and in their centre sharp as a photograph he saw the reflection of the pine grove perhaps a hundred yards away with detailed accuracy he saw it empty and motionless in the glimmering june dusk then something caught his eye he examined the picture more closely he drew slightly nearer he almost touched her face with his own forgetting for a moment whose were the eyes that served him for a mirror for looking intently thus it seemed to him that there was a movement a passing to and fro a stirring as of figures among the trees then suddenly the entire picture was obliterated she had dropped her lids he heard her speaking the warm breath was again upon his face in the heart of that wood dwell i his heart gave another leap more violent than the first for the wonder and beauty of the sentence caught him like a spell there was a lilt and rhythm in the words that made it poetry she laid emphasis upon the pronoun and the nouns it seemed the last line of some delicious runic verse in the heart of the wood dwell i and it flashed across him that living moving inhabited pine wood was her thought it was thus she saw it her nature flung back to a life she understood a life that needed claimed her the ostentatious and artificial values that surrounded her she denied even as the distinguished house-party of her ambitious masquerading family neglected her of course she was unnoticed by them just as a swallow or a wild rose were unnoticed he knew her secret then for she had told it to him it was his own secret too they were akin as the birds and animals were akin they belonged together in some free and open life natural wild untamed that unhampered life was flowing about them now rising beating with delicious tumult in her veins and his yet innocent as the sunlight and the wind because it was as freely recognized elspeth he cried come take me with you we'll go at once come hurry before we forget to be happy or remember to be wise again his words stopped halfway towards completion for a perfume floated past him born of the summer dusk perhaps yet sweet with a penetrating magic that made his senses reel with some remembered joy no flower no scented garden bush delivered it it was the perfume of young spendthrift life sweet with the purity that reason had not yet stained the girl moved closer gathering her loose hair between her fingers she brushed his cheeks and eyes with it her slim warm body pressing against him as she leaned over laughingly in the darkness she whispered in his ear when the moon puts the house upon the statue and he understood her world lay behind the vulgar staring day he turned he heard the flutter of skirts 
just caught the grey stockings swift and light as they flew behind the rhododendron masses and she was gone he stood a long time leaning upon the five-barred gate it was the dressing-gong that recalled him at length to what seemed the present by the conservatory door as he went slowly in he met his distinguished cousin who was helping the girl he himself was to marry to enjoy her final fling he looked at his cousin he realized suddenly that he was merely vicious there was no sun and wind no flowers there was depravity only lust instead of laughter excitement in place of happiness it was calculated not spontaneous his mind was in it without joy it was he was not natural not a girl in the whole lot fit to look at he exclaimed with peevish boredom excusing himself stupidly for his illicit conduct i'm off in the morning he shrugged his blue-blooded shoulders these millionaires their shootings all right but their mixum gatherum weekends bah his gesture completed all he had to say about this one in particular he glanced sharply nastily at his companion you look as if you found something he added with a suggestive grin or have you seen the ghost that was paid for with the house and he guffawed and let his eyeglass drop lady hermione will be asking for an explanation eh idiot replied haber and ran upstairs to dress for dinner but the word was wrong he remembered as he closed his door it was lunatic he had meant to say yet something more as well he saw the smart modern philanderer somehow as a beast two it was nearly midnight when he went up to bed after an evening of intolerable amusement the abandoned moral attitude the common rudeness the contempt of all others but themselves the ugly jests the horseplay of tasteless minds that passed for gaiety above all the shamelessness of the women that behind the cover of fine breeding aped emancipation afflicted him to a boredom that touched desperation he understood now with a clarity unknown before as with his cousin so with these they took life he saw with a brazen effrontery they thought was freedom while yet it was life that they denied he felt vampired and degraded spontaneity went out of him the fact that the geography of bedrooms was studied openly seemed an affirmation of vice that sickened him their ways were nauseous merely he escaped unnoticed he locked his door went to the open window and looked out into the night then started for silver dressed the lawn and park the shadow of the building lay dark across the elaborate garden and the moon he noticed was just high enough to put the house upon the statue the chimney stacks edged the pedestal precisely odd he exclaimed odd that i should come at the very moment then smiled as he realized how his proposed adventure would be misinterpreted its natural innocence and spirit ruined if he were seen and some one would be sure to see me on a night like this there are couples still hanging about in the garden and he glanced at the shrubberies and secret paths that seemed to float upon the warm june air like islands 
he stood for a moment framed in the glare of the electric light then turned back into the room and at that instant a low sound like a bird call rose from the lawn below it was soft and fluty as though someone played two notes upon a reed a piping sound he had been seen and she was waiting for him before he knew it he had made an answering call of oddly similar kind then switched the light out three minutes later dressed in simpler clothes with a cap pulled over his eyes he reached the back lawn by means of the conservatory and the billiard-room he paused a moment to look about him there was no one although the lights were still ablaze i am an idiot he chuckled to himself i'm acting on instinct he ran the sweet night air bathed him from head to foot there was strength and cleansing in it the lawn shone wet with dew he could almost smell the perfume of the stars the fumes of wine cigars and artificial scent were left behind the atmosphere exhaled by civilization by heavy thoughts by bodies overdressed unwisely stimulated all all forgotten he passed into a world of magical enchantment the hush of the open sky came down in black and white the garden lay brimmed full with beauty shot by the ancient silver of the moon spangled with the star's old gold and the night wind rustled in the rhododendron masses as he flew between them in a moment he was beside the statue engulfed now by the shadow of the building and the girl detached herself silently from the blur of darkness two arms were flung about his neck a shower of soft hair fell on his cheek with a heady scent of earth and leaves and grass and the same instant they were away together at full speed towards the pine wood their feet were soundless on the soaking grass they went so swiftly that they made a whirr of following wind that blew her hair across his eyes and the sudden contrast caused a shock that put a blank perhaps upon his mind so that he lost the standard of remembered things for it was no longer merely a particular adventure it seemed a habit and a natural joy resumed it was not new he knew the momentum of an accustomed happiness mislaid it may be but certainly familiar they sped across the gravel paths that intersected the well-groomed lawn they leaped the flower-beds so laboriously shaped in mockery they clambered over the ornamental iron railings scorning the easier five-barred gate into the park the longer grass then shook the dew in soaking showers against his knees he stooped as though in some foolish effort to turn up something then realized that his legs of course were bare her garment was already high and free for she too was bare-legged like himself he saw her little ankles wet and shining in the moonlight and flinging himself down he kissed them happily plunging his face into the dripping perfumed grass her ringing laughter mingled with his own as she stooped beside him the same instant her hair hung in a silver cloud her eyes gleamed through its curtain into his then suddenly she soaked her hands in the heavy dew and passed them over his face with a softness that was like the touch of some scented southern wind now you are anointed with the night she cried no one will know you 
you are forgotten of the world kiss me we'll play for ever and ever he cried the eternal game that was old when the world was yet young and lifting her in his arms he kissed her eyes and lips there was some natural bliss of song and dance and laughter in his heart an elemental bliss that caught them together as wind and sunlight catch the branches of a tree she leaped from the ground to meet his swinging arms he ran with her then tossed her off and caught her neatly as she fell evading a second capture she danced ahead holding out one shining arm that he might follow hand in hand they raced on together through the clean summer moonlight yet there remained a smooth softness as of fur against his neck and shoulders and he saw then that she wore skins of tawny colour that clung to her body closely that he wore them too and that her skin like his own was of a sweet dusky brown then pulling her towards him he stared into her face she suffered the close gaze a second but no longer for with a burst of sparkling laughter again she leaped into his arms and before he shook her free she had pulled and tweaked the two small horns that hid in the thick curly hair behind and just above the ears and that wilful tweaking turned him wild and reckless that touch ran down him deep into the mothering earth he leaped and ran and sang with a great laughing sound the wine of eternal youth flushed all his veins with joy and the old old world was young again with every impulse of natural happiness intensified with the earth's own foaming tide of life from head to foot he tingled with the delight of spring prodigal with creative power of course he could fly the bushes and fling wild across the open of course the wind and moonlight fitted close and soft about him like a skin of course he had youth and beauty for playmates with dancing laughter singing and a thousand kisses for he and she were natural once again they were free together of those long-forgotten days when pan leaped through the roses in the month of june with the girl swaying this way and that upon his shoulders tweaking his horns with mischief and desire hanging her flying hair before his eyes then bending swiftly over again to lift it he danced to join the rest of their companions in the little moonlit grove of pines beyond three they rose somewhat pointed perhaps against the moonlight those english pines more with the shape of cypresses some might have thought a stream gushed down between their roots there were mossy ferns and rough grey boulders with lichen on them but there was no dimness for the silver of the moon sprinkled freely through the branches like the faint sunlight that it really was and the air ran out to meet them with a heady fragrance that was wiser far than wine the girl in an instant was whirled from her perch on his shoulder and caught by a dozen arms that bore her into the heart of the jolly careless throng whish whoo whirr she was gone but another fairer still was in her place with skins as soft and knees that clung as tightly her eyes were liquid amber grapes hung between her little breasts her arms entwined about him smoother than marble and as cool 
she had a crystal laugh but he flung her off so that she fell plump among a group of bigger figures lolling against a twisted root and roaring with a jollity that boomed like wind through the chorus of a song they seized her kissed her then sent her flying they were happier with their glad singing they held stone goblets red and foaming in their broad palmed hands the mountains lie behind us cried a figure dancing past we are come at last into our valley of delight grapes breasts and rich red lips ho ho it is time to press them that the juice of life may run he waved a cluster of ferns across the air and vanished amid a cloud of song and laughter it is ours use it answered a deep ringing voice the valleys are our own no climbing now and a wind of echoing cries gave answer from all sides life 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 abundant flowing over use it use it a troop of nymphs rushed forth escaped from clustering arms and lips they yet openly desired he chased them in and out among the waving branches while she who had brought him ever followed and sped past him and away again he caught three gleaming soft brown bodies then fell beneath them smothered bubbling with joyous laughter next freed himself and while they sought to drag him captive again escaped and raced with a leap upon a slimmer sweeter outline that swung up only just in time upon a lower bough whence she leaned down above him with hanging net of hair and merry eyes a few feet beyond his reach she laughed and teased him the one who had brought him in the one he ever sought and who forever sought him too it became a riotous glory of wild children who romped and played with an impassioned glee beneath the moon for the world was young and they her happy offspring glowed with the life she poured so freely into them all intermingled the laughing voices rose into a foam of song that broke against the stars the difficult mountains had been climbed and were forgotten good then enjoy the luxuriant fruitful valley and be glad and glad they were brimful with spontaneous energy natural as birds and animals that obeyed the big deep rhythm of a simple age natural as wind and innocent as sunshine yet for all the untamed riot there was a lift of beauty pulsing underneath even when the wildest abandon approached the heat of orgy when the recklessness appeared excess there hid that marvellous touch of loveliness which makes the natural sacred there was coherence purpose the fulfilling of an exquisite law there was worship the form it took haply was strange as well as riotous yet in its strangeness dreamed innocence and purity and in its very riot flamed that spirit which is divine for he found himself at length beside her once again breathless and panting her sweet brown limbs aglow from the excitement of escape denied eyes shining like a blaze of stars and pulses beating with tumultuous life helpless and yielding against the strength that pinned her down between the roots his eyes put mastery on her own she looked up into his face obedient happy soft with love 
surrendered with the same delicious abandon that had swept her for a moment into other arms you caught me in the end she sighed i only played a while i told you forever he replied half wondering at the rough power in his voice it was here the hush of worship stole upon her little face into her obedient eyes about her parted lips she ceased her wilful struggling listen she whispered i hear a step upon the glades beyond the iris and the lily open the earth is ready waiting we must be ready too he is coming he released her and sprang up the entire company rose too all stood all bowed the head there was an instant's subtle panic but it was the panic of reverent awe that preludes a descent of deity for a wind passed through the branches with a sound that is the oldest in the world and so the youngest above it there rose the shrill faint piping of a little reed only the first true sounds were audible wind and water the tinkling of the dewdrops as they fell the murmur of the trees against the air this was the piping that they heard and in the hush the stars bent down to hear the riot paused the orgy passed and died the figures waited kneeling then with one accord they listened with the earth he comes he comes the valley breathed about them there was a footfall from far away treading across a world unruined and unstained it fell with the wind and water sweetening the valley into life as it approached across the rivers and forests it came gently tenderly but swiftly and with a power that knew majesty he comes he comes rose with the murmur of the wind and water from the host of lowered heads the footfall came nearer treading a world grown soft with worship it reached the grove it entered there was a sense of intolerable loveliness of brimming life of rapture the thousand faces lifted like a cloud they heard the piping close and so he came but he came with blessing with a stupendous presence there was joy the joy of abundant natural life pure as the sunlight in the wind he passed among them there was great movement as of a forest shaking as of deep water falling as of a cornfield swaying to the wind yet gentle as of a harebell shedding its burden of dew that it has held too long because of love he passed among them touching every head the great hand swept with tenderness each face lingered a moment on each beating heart there was sweetness peace and loveliness but above all there was life he sanctioned every natural joy in them and blessed each passion with his power of creation yet each one saw him differently some as a wife or maiden desired with fire some as a youth or stalwart husband others as a figure veiled with stars or cloaked in luminous mist hardly attainable others again the fewest these not more than two or three as that mysterious wonder which tempts the heart away from known familiar sweetness into a wilderness of undecipherable magic without flesh and blood to two in particular he came so near that they could feel his breath of hills and fields upon their eyes 
he touched them with both mighty hands he stroked the marble breasts he felt the little hidden horns and as they bent lower so that their lips met together for an instant he took her arms and twined them upon the curved brown neck that she might hold him closer still again a footfall sounded far away upon an unruined world and he was gone back into the wind and water whence he came the thousand faces lifted all stood up the hush of worship still among them there was a quiet as of the dawn the piping floated over woods and fields fading into silence all looked at one another and then once more the laughter and the play broke loose four we'll go she cried and peep upon that other world where life hangs like a prison on their eyes and in a moment they were across the soaking grass the lawn and flower beds and close to the walls of the heavy mansion he peered in through a window lifting her up to peer in with him he recognized the world to which outwardly he belonged he understood a little gasp escaped him and a slight shiver ran down the girl's body into his own she turned her eyes away see she murmured in his ear it's ugly it's not natural they feel guilty and ashamed there is no innocence she saw the men it was the women that he saw chiefly lolling ungracefully with a kind of boldness that asserted independence the women smoked their cigarettes with an air of invitation they sought to conceal and yet showed plainly he saw his familiar world in nakedness their backs were bare for all the elaborate clothes they wore they hung their breasts uncleanly in their eyes shone light that had never known the open sun hoping they were alluring and desirable they feigned a guilty ignorance of that hope they all pretended instead of wind and dew upon their hair he saw flowers grown artificially to ape wild beauty tresses without lustre borrowed from the slums of city factories he watched them manoeuvring with the men heard dark sentences caught gestures half delivered whose meaning should just convey that glimpse of guilt they deemed to increase pleasure the women were calculating but nowhere glad the men experienced but nowhere joyous pretended innocence lay cloaked with a veil of something that whispered secretly clandestine ashamed yet with a brazen air that laid mockery instead of sunshine in their smiles vice masqueraded in the ugly shape of pleasure beauty was degraded into calculated tricks they were not natural they knew not joy the forward ones the civilized she laughed in his ear tweaking his horns with energy we are the backward unclean he muttered recalling a catchword of the world he gazed upon they were civilized they were refined and educated advanced generations of careful breeding mate cautiously selecting mate laid the polish of caste upon their hands and faces where gleamed ridiculous untaught jewels rings bracelets necklaces hanging absurdly from every possible angle but they are dressed up for fun 
he exclaimed more to himself than to the girl in skins who clung to his shoulders with her bare arms undressed she answered putting her brown hand in play across his eyes only they have forgotten even that and another shiver passed through her into him he turned and hid his face against the soft skins that touched his cheek he kissed her body seizing his horns she pressed him to her laughing happily look she whispered raising her head again they're coming out and he saw that two of them a man and a girl with an interchange of secret glances had stolen from the room and were already by the door of the conservatory that led into the garden it was his wife-to-be and his distinguished cousin oh pan she cried in mischief the girl sprang from his arms and pointed we will follow them we will put natural life into their little veins or panic terror he answered catching the yellow panther skin and following her swiftly round the building he kept in the shadow though she ran full into the blaze of moonlight but they can't see us she called looking over her shoulder a moment they can only feel our presence perhaps and as she danced across the lawn it seemed a moonbeam slipped from a sapling birch tree that the wind curved earthwards then tossed back against the sky keeping just ahead they led the pair by methods known instinctively to elemental blood yet not translatable led them towards the little grove of waiting pines the night wind murmured in the branches a bird woke into a sudden burst of song these sounds were plainly audible but four little pointed ears caught other wilder notes behind the wind and music of the bird the cries and ringing laughter the leaping footsteps and the happy singing of their merry kin within the wood and the throng paused then amid the revels to watch the civilized draw near they presently reached the trees halted looked about them hesitated a moment then with a hurried movement as of shame and fear lest they be caught entered the zone of shadow let's go in here said the man without music in his voice it's dry on the pine needles and we can't be seen he led the way she picked up her skirts and followed over the strip of long wet grass here's a log all ready for us he added sat down and drew her into his arms with a sigh of satisfaction sit on my knee it's warmer for your pretty figure he chuckled evidently they were on familiar terms for though she hesitated pretending to be coy there was no real resistance in her and she allowed the ungraceful roughness but are we quite safe are you sure she asked between his kisses what does it matter even if we're not he replied establishing her more securely on his knees but as a matter of fact we're safer here than in my own house he kissed her hungrily by jove hermione but you're divine he cried passionately divinely beautiful i love you with every atom of my being with my soul oh yes dear i know i mean i know you do but but what he asked impatiently those detectives he laughed yet it seemed to annoy him my wife is a beast isn't she to have me watched like that he said quickly 
they are everywhere she replied a sudden hush in her tone she looked at the encircling trees a moment then added bitterly i hate her simply hate her i love you he cried crushing her to him that's all that matters now don't let's waste time talking about the rest she contrived to shudder and hid her face against his coat while he showered kisses on her neck and hair and the solemn pine-trees watched them the silvery moonlight fell on their faces the scent of new-mown hay went floating past i love you with my very soul he repeated with intense conviction i'd do anything give up anything bear anything just to give you a moment's happiness i swear it before god there was a faint sound among the trees behind them and the girl sat up alert she would have scrambled to her feet but that he held her tight what the devil's the matter with you to-night he asked in a different tone his vexation plainly audible you're as nervy as if you were being watched instead of me she paused before she answered her finger on her lip then she said slowly hushing her voice a little watched that's exactly what i did feel i felt it ever since we came into the wood nonsense hermione it's too many cigarettes he drew her back into his arms forcing her head up so that he could kiss her better i suppose it is nonsense she said smiling it's gone now anyhow he began admiring her hair her dress her shoes her pretty ankle while she resisted in a way that proved her practice it's not me you love she pouted yet drinking in his praise she listened to his repeated assurance that he loved her with his soul and was prepared for any sacrifice i feel so safe with you she murmured knowing the moves in the game as well as he did she looked up guiltily into his face and he looked down with a passion that he thought perhaps was joy you'll be married before the summer's out he said and all the thrill and excitement will be over poor hermione she lay back in his arms drawing his face down with both hands and kissing him on the lips you'll have more of him than you can do with eh? as much as you care about anyhow i shall be much more free she whispered things will be easier and i've got to marry someone she broke off with another start there was a sound again behind them the man heard nothing the blood in his temples pulsed too loudly doubtless well what is it this time he asked sharply she was peering into the wood where the patches of dark shadow and moonlit spaces made odd irregular patterns in the air a low branch waved slightly in the wind did you hear that she asked nervously wind he replied annoyed that her change of mood disturbed his pleasure but something moved only a branch we're quite alone quite safe i tell you and there was a rasping sound in his voice as he said it don't be so imaginative i can take care of you she sprang up the moonlight caught her figure revealing its exquisite young curves beneath the smother of the costly clothing her hair had dropped a little in the struggle the man eyed her eagerly making a quick impatient gesture towards her then stopped abruptly he saw the terror in her eyes oh hark what's that she whispered in a startled voice 
she put her finger up oh let's go back i don't like this wood i'm frightened rubbish he said and tried to catch her by the waist it's safer in the house my room or yours she broke off again there it is don't you hear it's a footstep her face was whiter than the moon i tell you it's the wind and the branches he repeated gruffly oh come on do we were just getting jolly together there's nothing to be afraid of can't you believe me he tried to pull her down upon his knee again with force his face wore an unpleasant expression that was half leer half grin but the girl stood away from him she continued to peer nervously about her she listened you give me the creeps he exclaimed crossly clawing at her waist again with passionate eagerness that now betrayed exasperation his disappointment turned him coarse the girl made a quick movement of escape turning so as to look in every direction she gave a little scream that was a step oh oh it's close beside us i heard it we're being watched she cried in terror she darted towards him then shrank back he did not try to touch her this time moonshine he growled you've spoilt my spoilt our chance with your silly nerves but she did not hear him apparently she stood there shivering as with sudden cold there i saw it again i'm sure of it something went past me through the air and the man still thinking only of his own pleasure frustrated got up heavily something like anger in his eyes all right he said testily if you're going to make a fuss we'd better go the house is safer possibly as you say you know my room come along even that risk he would not take he loved her with his soul they crept stealthily out of the wood the girl slightly in front of him casting frightened backward glances afraid guilty ashamed with an air as though they had been detected they stole back towards the garden and the house and disappeared from view and a wind rose suddenly with a rushing sound poured through the wood as though to cleanse it swept out the artificial scent and trace of shame and brought back again the song the laughter and the happy revels it roared across the park it shook the windows of the house then sank away as quickly as it came the trees stood motionless again guarding their secret in the clean sweet moonlight that held the world in dream until the dawn stole up and sunshine took the earth with joy end of story two